0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Mr. V's Literally Just Aircraft and Airplanes. And today, it's going to be more of a formal argumentative discussion between what pilots think about maintenance engineers and what do maintenance engineers think of pilots. Tune in tonight to find out more. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. There's a lot to go on with this. You can make money from your podcast, no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Remember, your podcast journey starts here. Everyone, welcome back to Mr. V's new podcast called Literally Just Airplanes. And tonight, like I mentioned in the introduction, is going to be about pilots versus maintenance engineers. No, it's not going to be like a fight, it's not going to be like a fist fist fight or like, a, you know, a brawl or something like that. Even though I bet there have been altercations before on this topic. But I this this topic has been nudging at me a couple of days now considering that there's a lot of People that play Infinite Flight and in FSX. And they know all this stuff about airplanes. But they know little about the actual mechanics behind it. And they think they know about the airplane. But they really don't. Which can go. It's not saying that all pilots are like this. It's not saying that all mechanics are like this. But when you go into your airplane. You should, shouldn't should you know how to use it? Not just fly it like a car? You know it's it's something to discuss. And I know there's a lot of pilots out here that do have their AMPs. And do have their certificate and ratings and stuff like that. But we're going to go from an educational standpoint. And we're going to put some jokes in there. And hopefully no people get offended by this and get hurt by this. Because that is not what I'm intending to do. This is biased on both sides. So if you don't like getting into argumentative discussions. And just arguing in general. This page is not for you. Because there's going to be a lot of that this season on this podcast. All right, so I'm going to start. I go on this website called aviationhumor.net, which is basically, it's a funny site for everyone, pilots, mechanics, anyone that's really in the aviation industry. And there's a lot of things that are new here. So basically after every flight, pilots fill out a gripe sheet, which mechanics have to, you know, deal with the problems and actually fill them out and log them in and document all that stuff. But when you have the solutions recorded to some of these problems. It, and sometimes you think the problems are the funny things, but really it's the solutions that are the funny things. It really puts perspective what's actually going on here. So I'm just going to get some off some humor before we get to some of the deep down uh, funny stuff and actual discussion. So basically, here's the first one. It says, The problem was left inside main tire almost needs replacement. Almost. It doesn't say left inside tire needs replacement. It says almost needs replacement. <laughs> Solution was almost replaced left inside main tire. <laughs> I bet that's been a, a bunch of other types on there. One of the problems on this one the pilot put test flight okay, except auto land very rough. Solution auto land not installed on this aircraft. <laughs> Problem something loose in cockpit. Solution something tightened in cockpit. <laughs> It's just some of the things that mechanics, wheel mechanics, like to get back to finish something and sometimes make it humorous. Even though the pilots are honestly the serious ones on this occasion, they don't really regard that as, as funny until they actually see what's, what's going on. One of the other ones is dead bugs on windshield, live bugs on backorder. Autopilot and altitude to hold mode procedures that produces a 200 feet per minute descent. Cannot reproduce the problem on the ground. <laughs> Evidence of leak on right main landing gear evidence removed the best one that I've seen so far noise coming from under instrument panel sounds like a midget pounding on something with the hammer <laughs> solution took hammer away from midget so as you can see there's there's a lot of discussions that a lot of mechanics like to add and you know make this funny and and like to you know add add things to it, you know, and, and I've met, I've met some pilots in my, in my, my life now from pilots that have flown for a long time to, you know, pilots that are just starting out and, and each of them all have their, their sense of good stories. Like, uh, my friend Chris has, he's, he's a, he's an instrument rated pilot or he's getting his instrument rating. He's a private pilot. And he and I went up to a flight to, uh, Lake city one time, well, let me just say that the Lake City flight was diverted because Lake City Tower was not responding at all. We were on approach and they were just not responding at all. So we diverted to Cecil and we landed at Cecil. First part of the flight, he was di- he was discussing with me that this this place doesn't really have the best maintained aircraft. They, I mean, they're they look nice. Let me take that back. They are maintained nicely, but they do not look nicely. So <laughs> we're we're getting ready to take off. We're taxiing to uh, departure, and his ADSB comes on, and the ADSB coming on is not supposed to happen. It was failing. It was, and we were just discussing why why this is the matter. So we 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 ended up ended up coming back on. We we took off. It was fine. We landed, and one of the the colling screws is coming off. So you know it's. It's not just the mode of discussion where pilots and mechanics do things that hurt each other. It's more of... It's a life or death situation regardless. So, you know, it, it doesn't make mechanics... That's the, that's the other thing, too. My my teacher in my 263 class, he's, he's a great teacher. He's very humorous. He, he likes to discuss things in general. The term mechanic, he states, is degrading. I mean... I wouldn't call it degrading per se, because it's been used for a very long time. It's what people view it as. We're maintainers. I, I do agree to that, but I, I would more consider myself as technician, an airplane technician or aviation technician, or you know, an aviation engineer because that's what they call it overseas and in Asia and Europe. But when you when you try to discuss something to a pilot or a mechanic that's in mechanic school in part 147 school that does not know or has never even worked on a car before. I think they should be called mechanics until they actually have done something in their life and understand it before they get it put into an air- airplane industry or FBO or a cargo area and be like, "Yeah, guess what? They're going to be working on this, go replace a tire and the person doesn't even know what a valve cover is or a valve core is or a Schrader valve." You know, they don't they don't understand the simple terms of a tire. So I think I think where the discussion comes from on the maintenance side is there's a lot to go over with that mechanics, maintainers, technicians, whatever you want to call them, they're all different. And I came from a background where I grew up working on lawnmowers. I grew up working on smaller tractors, on cars, on older cars. I got taught things by my my grandfather, who was a mechanical engineer. He was in World War II. He was a flight engineer, so he's seen time. He was in the, both those spots. And he and I have discussed in the past different types of engines systems, how aircraft have changed over the years, especially on his his uh his age group, I have seen different types. But the main thing that agitates me with, with some pilots these days is I'm gonna tell you a story what happened at, at Riddle, Emory at Riddle where I go, Emory Riddle University, you know, one of the best pilot schools in the world per se. I'm gonna say quote unquote to that. But I was we were watching a demonstration during the the previous times of the coronavirus. So this is early March, late February. And we had a C-17 Globemaster parked in the taxiway about to take off. And the maintenance building is right next to, so it's basically to the left if you're facing the uh, the Eagle. It's facing to the left of the Pilots building. And AMS students, we we like to work together very well. We are all I'm going to say in this together with the high school musical reference, but I feel like there's been times where I feel like the pilots don't appreciate us for what we do. And during this time we were, we were a bunch of the mechanics and I were my, my uh, buddies buddies and I who were in the AMS club and some other clubs and and some classes with us were watching some of the approaches and stuff like that. And one of them, one of the, the pilot kids was being very rude and disrespectful by saying that basically mechanics don't really know what they're talking about when it comes to airplanes and let me hold that there for a second so you're telling me that we don't know anything about the aircraft when we're going to a part 147 school which the pilots should know what that is you know especially since they're pilots you know a pilot in my description is someone who flies and commandeers an airplane. I don't know what they think about mechanics, but basically this kid this kid irritated me. I didn't say anything because I was not really focusing on him and I was talking to my other my other friends about my other mechanic friends about what's going on here. So going back to what I was saying earlier about what what we do and we don't know. Okay, so you're telling me that we don't know anything about engines. we don't know anything about the airframe and our certification airframe and power plant doesn't mean anything to you. Okay, I I guess you understand that. Can you replace a tire? Can you jack an aircraft? Can you do fluids? Can you actually diagnose a problem by looking at it instead of being like, okay, I know what's going on here? We've gone through our systems class by actually diagnosing actual problems firsthand, where we're supposed to find issues. We're supposed to actually diagnose it with our minds, with our eyes. You can't diagnose a problem with your eyes then what is the point of you being a pilot if you're flying and you can't diagnose an issue? But actually disrespecting mechanics in front of our building, our own building, is one thing. It's I wouldn't say it's, it's a rivalry, but I feel like at schools itself, I think it is because these kids are going into a field where it's their dream, don't get me wrong, it's their hobby, or it's their passion, quote-unquote. But when you go into a field where us technicians, this is our livelihood, and most of us are technicians before we came here or military members that came here before, and you're telling us that we don't know anything about our aircraft, then you need to go back to your little hometown school and high school and relearn respect because you don't come to our AMS building and treat us like garbage. Uh, it's, it's notorious because you're going to go to your job, you're going to be a pilot, and you're going to fly your airplane, you're going to land at a, in an airport or an FBO, and you're going to pull into it, you're going to pull in, you're going to ask for an annual or 100-hour inspection. Okay. One, do you even know what a 100-hour or annual inspection is? And two, you're going to be talking to a technician regardless. And... Most pilots are technicians, so you're going to come around with some, some crew or, or pilots that know what they're talking about. When, when you have a new pilot that comes in and, and thinks he's all a hot shot and thinks he's Maverick out of Top Gun and asks him for a 100-hour inspection, I want to do it now, but I want to do it quick as possible. Or if you peek over their shoulder the entire time I'm working on it, we don't like that. No mechanic likes that. Aviation, automotive, diesel. If you step over our shoulder and ask us what to do and tell us what to do while we're working on it, it's just going to make us irritated. It's going to make us pissed. And especially since a lot of us technicians are are hourly paid, and you tell us to do a bunch of humorous things, like, for instance, doing a tire inspection when you, that's supposed to be in your pre-inspection, your pre-flight inspection, or checking wiper blades, or checking a bunch of other stuff, you're just basically giving us more money to pay. Because at the end of the day, our bosses, our supervisors, our team leads understand that... It's the pilot's it's pilot's job to actually look at it, but you're actually losing hours on your inspections then. There was, there was a time where, when I was interning at Textron. Uh, great bunch of technicians there. I learned so much from them. Um, it's a shame that the internship was canceled this summer uh, to go visit them, but I learned that a bunch of these private pilots, they fly and they land. That's their job. They're, they fly and they land. That's their whole main thing is to take off and land. They, they they do their annuals. They work for their big companies like Wheels Up or NetJets. That's just some of them, but they land. And what I've noticed is every technician that I shadowed during this time, they put their heart and soul into actually working and putting forth effort into something a job that's really complicated. And some of them aren't getting paid that much, which which is a shame. But when you see how hard they put towards the effort of helping their customers be happy and... The plane being safe is another thing, and when I did a compass swing with two of these these uh, technicians that I worked with, it made me understand. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of knobs, there's a lot of you know instruments, and you have to know understand things. But technicians have to understand the engineering behind all those those avionic systems or those dial up systems or all of that. So when you come into a field with guys that do their own stuff and they work really hard, countless hours, grave, graveyard shift hours to do these things. Put in perspective that they're doing it for much more than a passion and a hobby. They're doing it for a career because this is where they are. One fatal mistake, you know, can kill a bunch of people. I understand the pilots have that too, but saying that we don't understand our aircraft or or the the airplanes we're flying is another thing. So next time you hear, next time when I hear a student say that to me especially since Riddle is a very top-notch school, not throwing down Riddle at all or anything. You be you better be prepared to be talked back in an argumentative way and discussion way. So, I would like to ask my pilot guys out there if they can either send me a, a message or a private message to see if I hit that on the head when it comes to you know, being aware of what what you're working with because a couple other flight guys I, I know are, are pretty cool and everything like that. They're really nice. They understand everything. But they're you can't expect to come out of Emory Riddle and get a job flying the big jets first. You know, you, It's just like being a technician and going to work on Air Force One or working on military jets. It's just not going to happen. you got to get experience before you can get to some of these places. If not, you're lucky. Kudos to you because not everyone's like that. You got to take into effect that there's so many people that understand and that don't understand what technicians and pilots have to go through on a daily basis. But when you're considering yourself a student, both technicians and flight students, you need to understand that it's not easy. So I'm going to go towards another story I had in um, part 147 school with a student that was very. He wasn't really. He was into the automotive industry, but he was not into the aviation industry, so he didn't know as much. But it troubled me that he thought he could get away with things that he th- he got away with automotively, like some of the the torque the torque patterns and using a quote unquote hammer to remove things and you know t- tapering and screwing and stuff like that. But when you come into a field where there's some students that know a lot more about aircraft, like engines per se, and the, uh, instructors don't care if you work on cars. They care that you're going to learn how to work on aircraft and how you're going you know, you're gonna, to you're gonna go into the industry and you're going to be smart with it and actually understand what's going on in the industry. Because if you go into industry saying, oh, I work on cars, blah, 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 and your team lead asks you to, to uh, taxi this airplane around or tow the airplane out, and do an inspection, or do a compass swing. Check the hydraulic. Ch- change the brakes. Um, change out a fuel bladder. All this, all this stuff. Check, ch- replace the icing boots. You know, all there's a bunch of stuff you have to put in the aspect. You have to understand that we're in here for, to learn, and pilots are that way too. And I, I, I just don't agree with a lot of, a lot of personnel when it comes to um, issues per se. And I, it, it, it really hurts me. I'm not saying it's, it's really triggering me, per se. But when there's some students, especially the ROTC students at Riddle, that they're always going to be hot shots no matter what. They're always going to think they can fly every military airplane in the world. But when you come into Embry-Riddle University, especially if you are an ROTC cadet and you're going into a class with three military veterans and a teacher that was a military veteran and you're going to act all stupid, especially in my branch, the U.S. Army, and you're going to act all stupid and come to class late. One, you're making our branch look bad, and two, you're you're making yourself look dumb. And then you're going to go into class and take apart a 172 and work on it and do all this stuff to it and make stupid comments next to me. You better be prepared to be Bluntly talk to like a soldier or an adult. That's just gonna happen. Mechanics are not we're not pussies per se. We will tell you anything that's gonna happen. We're not gonna hide behind your back. We're gonna straight up tell you. Alright? So if you're gonna be flying an airplane and you're coming for land and you you just make the landing like crap, we're gonna comment on it because we're gonna notice it. So don't come all high and mighty into a shop and expect, oh, I can since I can replace a headlight of my car, I can replace uh a strut on an airplane, or I can re- re- replace a wing strut on an airplane. No, don't don't come to me with that BS. So when I hear all these so-called experts trying to argue with me about one of my favorite airplanes, the MD-11, per se, and say that the MD-11 is basically it's the worst airplane I've ever flown. You know, I've flown an FSX. Don't come with me with that crap. Don't come with me with that. Don't come with me to the, the BS and facts and try to argue with me because I know facts. Just listen to me. There's people that I, have, I listen to. There's people that I shut up about. But when you become sort of the high and mighty tie-wearing pilot that all they care about is, is flying and not caring about the actual cargo or actual jobs that the maintenance guys actually put forth, then you need to come talk to me face-to-face and understand what's going on. And don't try to act all high and mighty and surprised when you, you, you say something like, per se, that the tires got low air. Well, you should have checked that before you took off. Or you got to make your own decisions before you come to us with your decisions. Because more than than likely, if we know what's going to happen with that decision, we are going to laugh at you. And yes, we're going to make you look like an idiot because you are an idiot, especially if you come to us acting like all high and tight and everything like that. So enough with that rant, basically. All I'm going to say is I respect pilots and mechanics. Both can be idiots. That's just the name of the game. But when you're going to a school that is paying so much money and a school that there's people paying so much money to go to and you're acting like it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything. And there's people trying to teach you things. There's people trying to listen. Don't just be all high and mighty Hercules type. Ignore them. Because people don't know the difference between a mechanic and a technician, especially an airlines technician or aviation technician, any of that work that these people go through it's not noticed and it's a shame and there's even being at school if you mention your degrees AMS the first thing they think is you're dirty and you're crazy and you're slow okay why don't you go do that field why don't you go do that degree i can see you can you can fail in one course why don't you learn electricity 1 why don't you learn power plant or any airframe or general classes you won't even make it through one day and that hurts. That hurts to hear that. I understand it triggers me. But if you want to learn about airplanes, you want to learn about aircraft, and you're going to Emberville University, you learn about aircraft. Don't just come in there with your high, broad shoulders, your aviator glasses, your hair slicked back, your little pilot flight bag, and come into AMS department and be all high and mighty. Because let me tell you what, we're not going to listen to your BS. And that's just what's, what's going to happen. So listen to the mechanics. Listen to technicians. I don't care if you know the airplane by, your, by the, the wheel to the freaking vertical stabilizer to the nose to the radome. I don't care. Ask them what is wrong with your airplane and learn from them. Because that's what technicians are there for, to learn, to teach. We're there to fix things. We're, we're there to learn as well, too, and, and ask questions. But we need to hear honest answers and answers that make sense. All right? That's, that's really what this main discussion is about. It had to come off my chest. It's been bothering me, as you can tell, with 21 minutes, 22 minutes of conversation going on. So between the pilots and, and maintenance technicians, there's there's always been humor between it and some comments, and I get it. You just heard my comments. I respect both sides. I think the airline industry is taking a big big lunge right now with the coronavirus, and we're all doing things together to help help each other out. I get it. But when you're going to go to school and you're going to disrespect, especially me, I'm a guy with respect. I, I treat respect as one of the top character traits ever. And you're going to go up to our building and you're going to just talk like you know everything. And I'm saying this to a technician, too. There's some kids that are like that, too, in the maintenance class. Just shut up. Just shut your mouth. Just just Listen. That's the one thing. With those human error things, people don't listen. Complacency is one of the biggest things. Everyone has complacency or human error. Learn, speak, listen. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. If you don't understand anything, take a deep breath and listen to that person. Because who knows, someday that person might save your life. doesn't matter what they are. So all in all, basically, take this with matter of great effect, understand what's going on here, and I'll talk to you guys later. Hopefully I'll have another airplane podcast coming up soon so you guys will understand. Have a good night, guys. Thank you so much.